From the highest mountains to the bluest seas, the driest deserts to the icy poles, Kate Turkington has traveled there, and now she's inviting you to travel with her through your radio. Travels with Kate, Sundays at 12 midday, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM, I'm Kate Turkington. We're here to talk travel, we're here to talk about destinations, we're here to talk about books and all things and sometimes not all things uh, travel-related. I'm just back from three wonderful days in the Natal Midlands, and I'll be telling you a bit about that uh, later on. And as I was driving home earlier in the week, just thinking, you know, amid all the gloom and doom, just remembering what an absolutely beautiful country South Africa is in terms of scenery, diversity. I mean, those rolling hills of the Natal Midlands, the Drakensberg, and the weather was great. So the Drakensberg in all their majesty. We've got the bush, we've got the beach. We, we, there are so many things we've got to be uh, thankful for. I was talking to uh, a friend in the UK the other night, also ancient like me, and I said, how's your daughter doing? And she says, oh, well, I go and visit her. Her daughter lives five miles away, which is what, eight kilometers? I said, how often do you go to visit your daughter? She says, I usually go about once a week. She says, it only takes me an hour to drive there. And we can, these are the UK roads. We think, we think we've got traffic problems and, and just how bad things are. We, we forget all the beauty and the good things too. I'm going to be talking first of all a destination. I'm sure many of you, maybe even most of you have been there, but I just want to remind you about it. The Victoria Falls in Zimbabwe, in Zimbabwe and Zambia too, of course, and I'm hoping to be going there again later in the year. It'll be six, seven, eight times that I've uh, been there. You know, the most wonderful waterfall. I've been to the Iguazu Falls in um, Brazil. I've been to the Niagara Falls in America. Nothing but nothing touches our own or our on our doorstep anyway, the Victoria Falls. We know it was named after Queen Victoria of England by the Scottish explorer missionary David Livingstone, who was the first European to see the falls. That was in 1855. But, of course, the local name for it was Moisiotunya, Moisi which means, and I love it, the smoke that thunders. Why? Why are the falls called the smoke that thunders? Because from kilometers away, the spray rises so high, it looks like smoke. When you fly into the Vic Falls, you can see the smoke, the spray looks just like smoke from kilometers away. So, Mosiotunya, the smoke that thunders, that's in the local Tonga language. Of course, it's the one of the seven natural wonders 
of the world, and of course, it's a UNESCO World Heritage Site. And it's the largest waterfall in the world. Anybody ever argues with you? Yes, it is the largest waterfall in the world. Why? By the sheer volume of water that falls. Um, you've got the Angel Falls. I think, aren't they in Venezuela? That are the highest falls in the world, but the Vic Falls are the largest because of that volume of water that falls over its edge during the rainy season, which is, of course, November to April. But it's probably the best time to go if you want to see the falls in all their glory, but they're great at any time during the year. 1.7 kilometers wide. Think about that. You have to walk along the width 1.7 kilometers wide and 108 meters high. So it really is, for me, the most spectacular waterfall in the uh, world. And, you know, it's not only as a tourist destination, it's also incredibly important in the history and culture of the local people. And there are wonderful legends and stories about the falls that the Tonga people uh, tell about those particular falls. But stay with me, and I'm going to be telling you a bit more about the falls and why you should go there if you haven't been there, and if you have been there, why you should go back. From the highest mountains to the bluest seas, the driest deserts to the icy poles, Kate Turkington has traveled there, and now she's inviting you to travel with her through your radio. Travels with Kate, Sundays at 12 midday, only on 101.9 High FM. Welcome back, 101.9 High FM. I'm talking today about the Victoria Falls. And as I said, many of you will have been there, but I want you, if you have been there, to go back. And if you haven't been there, it's got to be on. Or they or it's, I'm never quite sure which pronoun to use. The falls is plural, there. But you also talk about it as a kind of destination. Well, we'll deal with it, people, as I I go along. So major tourist destination, we know, attracts visitors from all over the world. And the falls are located in a national park. Um, so you can do lots of other things in that national park. You can go hiking, you can go rafting, you can go bungee jumping. What I love particularly about the Victoria Falls, particularly the Zimbabwe side, if you're in particularly the Niagara Falls, it's all cements and uh, McDonald's stands and totally commercialised. In Zimbabwe, you walk along, the path is now paved, you walk along the falls and then there's a dead drop. Uh, there's like a little rickety wooden fence between you and the path. If you lost your footing and fell, you'd plunge a 100 metres into the gorge below. So totally uncommercialized okay you've got all the touts and the market outside but inside i have walked along that path along the falls and not met another soul and you've just got this little rickety fence between you and the hundred meter gorge below so also you've got birds and monkeys and little 
I can't remember which little deer they've got there, some little antelope uh, they've got there too. Look, today, let's face it, there are quite a few challenges. First of all, the falls are dependent on the Zambezi River. The locals never call it the Zambezi. They always call it the mighty Zambezi, the mighty Zambezi. So the falls are dependent on the mighty Zambezi for their water supply. And obviously there's quite a lot of concern about the impact of climate change and what's going to happen to uh, those falls. Also the impact of tourism. Mind you, it's tourism that's kept the place alive. And even in the dark days of um, Mugabe's later rain. Rumour has it, I don't know if this is true, rumour has it he kept the little town, very busy, bustling little town of Victoria Falls going. It wasn't allowed to fall into neglect like many of the other towns in uh, Zimbabwe. So lots of challenges, but I'm sure those falls will be there for another few thousand, maybe million years, who knows. As I said to you, I've visited several times, but my last visit, not long before lockdown, I was invited to a place called the Royal Chundu Lodge. And this is 30 k, 30 kilometers upstream of the mighty Zambezi on the Zambian side of the Vic Falls. And, it, I mean, a gorgeous lodge. It's the only Rolayan chateau lodge in Zambia. If you want to look it up, look at photos for yourself, just go to royalchundu.com, C-H-U-N-D-U, royalchundu.com. What's very special about it, it's totally Zambian uh, managed. And I really, I can truthfully say, it's one of the most beautiful lodges I've ever stayed in anywhere because the chalets cling to the riverbank. You've got wonderful bird life, kingfishers, hippos, crocodiles, herds of elephants come down and play. And you know, putting a slightly gloomier notes on it, they say that hippos kill more people in Africa than any other animal. I don't believe that's true because along that Zambian side, I don't know if the Zambezi side too, but some of the local people told us that very often, not infrequently, somebody going down to collect water from the river will get taken by a crocodile. It's part and parcel of growing up along the banks of the uh, mighty Zimbabwe. So you can do all kinds of things there. You can laze your days away at the pool. You can go for a picnic where they, they unfurl a Persian rug. They've even got a, a pizza oven on a spot by the river. You could have a, a fresh pizza. You can do some gentle white water rafting. White water rafting on the Zimbabwe side of the Vic Falls don't do it unless you're very young, very brave, and very tough, because that's the best, in inverted commas, depending on your point of view, or worst, depending on your point of view, white water rafting in the world, because they have level six cataracts, and that really is, really, really is hectic. I did it when I was, I did it when I was much, much younger. 
So you you walk along. Let's go to the Zimbabwe side. I'm staying at Royal Chundu Lodge on the Zambian side. I've crossed over to the Zimbabwean side, and the lodge organises. You don't stand in long queues at immigration. You get uh, whisked through. So you walk along that walkway I told you about, 1.7 kilometres, uh, with the rail that that little wooden rail between you and the falls and the gorge and all sorts of things to look at. So I say, if you're a birder, there's a bird called the collared palm thrush. You're guaranteed to see along there. But why do you walk along? Well, obviously you're walking along to see the falls, but at the end is the bungee jump on the Zambian side. You can stand on the Zimbabwean side looking out over the gorge. There's the old railway bridge which connects Zambia to Zimbabwe and in the middle of the bridge is the hut and that's the hut where you bungee jump from. The biggest, longest, highest, best, worst uh, bungee jump in the world. You've got to be very, you've got to be very, very brave to do that. But it's great to watch. You watch from a distance. You watch people being strapped into their harness. Uh, don't do it. I mean, uh, doctors often tell me your eyeballs are going to pop out. You're going to break your back. All sorts of things. I know lots of people who've done it, and they're still. Uh, walking about, but that's that's a total, total matter of uh, personal choice. So I was there on the uh, Zambian side, on both sides, particularly on the Zimbabwe side. There's so many places to stay. You can do the five-star luxury. You can do a backpacker lodge. You can do uh, B&Bs. There really is something for every pocket in uh, on the Zimbabwean side of the Vic uh, Falls, but nobody should visit because on the Zimbabwean side is one of the great hotels of the world, a grand dame, they call it, the great gracious lady. Think of Raffles in Singapore. Think of the Mount Nelson in Cape Town. These old iconic hotels and the Vic Falls Hotel is one such as these. And if you stay there, if you can afford to stay there, although they always have specials, uh, you can actually walk to the falls and you can watch the falls from the, from the deck and the gardens. So even if you go there, last time I was at the falls, uh, I went and had tea. I think it cost about three million Zimbabwean dollars or whatever it was. It translated quite a lot in Rand too. But just to say you've been to this hotel, which still has the mortar shell marks on the front of the hotel during the uh, war for independence in Zimbabwe and Zambia. The Zambian army used to shoot at the hotel from the Zambian side. So lots of, lots of mortar shell marks at the front of, uh, the hotel. So gorgeous, gorgeous iconic suites, lovely rooms, lovely place to stay. And as I say, if your pocket isn't deep enough, just go and have tea or go and have a drink there. There's always a marimba. Uh, band playing. Just to say you stayed in the same place as Winston Churchill or, I don't know, Ernest Hemingway, Dignitaries, uh, Adele, 
let's let's get a bit more modern. I don't know if Ed Sheeran stayed there yet. Probably, uh, probably. Um, so there we are. So back to uh, Royal Chundu. You can stay on an island in a chalet. You can laze the day away, or as I say, you can do all sorts of things. Totally Zambia run, run by the local community. You can visit the village, and it's not a, it's not poverty porn. I don't know if you're familiar with that expression, but it's an expression that's arisen in the travel business over the last few years. You go to see the slums in Rio de Janeiro. You go to see the slums in Mumbai, India, as a kind of tourist outing, and it's now got the name of poverty porn, poverty pornography. But uh, the village at Royal Chundu on the on the bank says not any kind of uh, tourist, built for tourist village, proper village, real people doing real things and making you feel very, very uh, welcome indeed. So if you haven't been to the Vic Falls, as I say, you certainly must go, especially now, I would think. Tourism, as you know, is only picking up globally and picking up in Southern Africa. So, as I've said to you before, always look for special deals. If you could phone on a Thursday, if you could call towards the end of a week, a really posh lodge in Sabi Sand, some really posh hotel in Cape Town, wherever, you'll be amazed if you actually phone the establishment, you may well find they've got a special deal because they will know how many empty beds they've got that coming weekend. And if you can travel midweek, midweek is always the best time to travel because it's it's always, we never say cheaper in the travel industry. You're never allowed to say cheaper. You say more affordable. So most places are much more affordable uh, midweek. And obviously, stay away from school holidays because school holiday prices go rocketing through the roof. Easter or any of the long uh, school holidays or Christmas or whatever. But wherever you stay at the Vic Falls, throw caution to the wind and invest in a helicopter ride through the gorge. It is expensive and only in the last few years have they started taking you into the gorge. So you go in the helicopter and you are flying through the gorge over the falls. It's, <laughs> it really is mind-blowing. So treat yourself, treat yourself to that. Come on, you only live once. From the highest mountains to the bluest seas, the driest deserts to the icy poles, Kate Turkington has traveled there, and now she's inviting you to travel with her through your radio. Travels with Kate, Sundays at 12 midday, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM, Kate Turkington. Well, I'm just back from the Natal Midlands, and I always forget how 
absolutely beautiful than the town Midlands are. Rolling hills, green valleys, farmland. I think I can never remember the exact words, but the, the opening lines of Cry of the Beloved Country, do you remember, go something like, Ah, but your land is beautiful, beautiful beyond the singing of it. That's not word for word, but those of you who've read the book, and I'm sure most of you have, will remember that beautiful beyond the singing uh, of it. Lots of little towns. There's a whole range of cultural, historical things to do. There's the Nelson Mandela capture site there, all kinds of places. But on this occasion, I literally, as I said, I'm just back. I was staying at Brookdale Health Hydro. Brookdale Health Hydro. Now, don't all wince and think this is the kind of place where they hose you down and starve you and you're totally miserable from morning to night and you, you lose about four Ks and the minute you get home, you put them all back on again. Not at all. This is a place that really offers you health and wellness. All the usual stuff, hydrotherapy, massage, beauty treatment, yoga, but lots of talks, lots of experts in the most beautiful, beautiful uh, surroundings. So I just went really to recharge my battery. It's been going through quite a hectic time, as we all uh, all are. So it was just three days, totally relaxing and and listening to myself, listening to talks by health experts, etc. So joining me now is Tamara Abers, and she she runs the whole this beautiful, beautiful place. She runs Brookdale Health Hydro. But Tamara, how did it all begin? Hi, Kate. Thank you so much. Uh, yeah, so it began 31 years ago um, this year. I can't believe that we're celebrating our 31st birthday. Um, so, yeah, 31 years ago, well, actually more like 33 years ago, uh, my parents, Tony and Wendy Summers-Cox, um, decided that they would they wanted to move down to the Midlands and, and create a sanctuary, um, a place where people could come to and sort of escape the stresses of daily life and really just escape to a beautiful part of the Midlands and sort of rebalance um, their bodies and mind. So they had been in the hospitality industry for, for a number of years, so they were they were not new to that game. Um, and currently when they decided to make the move to the Midlands, they were up in Delstrom. And what they were seeing was that a lot of people were sort of arriving you know, for a weekend away, but still sort of eating lots of rich food, drinking lots of wine, going to bed late and sort of leaving their weekend probably more tired um, and stressed than they had arrived. So they saw a gap in the market um, for a health hydro. Um, at the time, there weren't many around and they thought, well, perfect. You know, there, there's a gap in the market. People need a place like a health hydro. So, so let's do it. So they decided that the Natal Midlands was the perfect perfect spot and they wanted to be close to the Drakensberg Mountains, not too far from Joburg and Durban um, and I think the, the, the really good fly fishing in the area was probably a, a draw card for my father and um, yeah, so they, so they started looking for properties. And, and they found um, a farm. They, 
And they found this, yeah, this beautiful piece of land. Um, funnily enough, when their estate agent called them to have a look, they'd been looking for a number of weeks and their estate agent phoned them up and he said, listen, I've got this property. I don't think you're going to like it at all, but come, like, let's just go have a look. So they parked on the main road and they had to like Bundu bash their way through. Um, there was just gum trees everywhere. There was no real path and they arrived at this dilapidated building. Um, you know, it, it really was looking worse for wear. And, um, and they sort of looked around and I think the biggest thing with my parents is they've got incredible vision. So they could see the potential of this, of this space. And, you know, it was beautiful because it sort of had rolling hills all around it. And the biggest thing for them was that it had this beautiful meandering stream mm. around the whole property. And the, you know, the, the healing power of water is really, really important. Um, and yeah, so they, so they looked around and I mean, it would require a ton of work. <laughs> to get it to the standard they needed, but um, they they had a good feel about the place, yeah. and then most importantly, actually, um, being bird lovers that they are, when they were standing. As they were standing there with their estate agent, this beautiful male Narina Trogan, which is a very, very rare bird, landed. <laughs> it landed. Yeah, it landed on this cherry tree right where they were standing. And my parents just looked at each other. They looked at the estate agent and they said, we'll take it. Oh. So, um, so they really, I think, had a lot of, <laughs> they had to, yeah, they really had to take a big leap of faith. Um, cause it really wasn't much, you know, when they, when they bought the property. And, and you so, know, Tamara, I mean, I've been coming to Brookdale, I think, for well over, uh, 20 years, and I've seen changes. Tell us, tell us about how it changed from that dilapidated building. And, and, and where exactly is it? Where exactly is Brookdale? Yes, perfect. So, so Brookdale Hill Hydro, we located in the village of Nottingham Road. Um, so we're sort of in between Moy River and Howick. Um, so about an hour and a half inland from Durban, um, you know, towards yes. the Drakensberg Mountains and about a four and a half hour drive, you know, down the N3 from Joburg. So it really is Nottingham Road. For those of you who know it, it's beautiful. It really is. It's mm. a little like piece of England, green rolling hills, dairy cows. Um, it really is very, very beautiful. Lots of, you know, lots of we surrounded by beautiful golf courses and trout, you know, trout dams mm. and beautiful farms. Jeez, and farms. so it is a very, <laughs> Yeah, very tranquil, very tranquil spot. So Nottingham Road mostly is a farming community. Yes. Um, so yeah, it does provide a really beautiful space. And yeah, Brookdale, so when they bought it, it was just really this sort of main old manor house, which existed. And that was it. Um, and it was really run down. So they took the first two years to really just renovate and, you know, gut the place and sort of build it to what they wanted. There was an old stable block, which they converted into some bedrooms. And But other than that, there wasn't much. So slowly, slowly over the years, um, you know, things have been things have been created. So now we have 22 um, bedrooms, guest rooms. We've got um, about 16 treatment rooms. We've got an outdoor pool, um, a beautiful big indoor pool area which has you know our indoor pool jacuzzi steam sauna and um, we've got a labyrinth we've got a beautiful yes, day I walk spa, there. So. I walk there yeah. uh, labyrinth uh, 
trying to yes. think. It was lovely. It's just small, but such a such a nice thing to do. A labyrinth for people who don't know. It's like a a circle, and you, almost like a mini maze in a way. And you mm. walk the circle, and you think, and you contemplate, and then you get to the middle, and then you you walk out. It doesn't sound much, but it's an amazing healing experience too. To do yes. that. Now, tomorrow, who comes to? Uh, I did say, you know, when I was introducing you, this isn't so, if you want to lose weight, of course you can lose weight, but it's not a place where you starve or, or a kind of military regime or whatever. Who comes to Brookdale? No. Who comes? <laughs> so, you're, I mean, it really, it really is a place for everyone. I think everyone, Brookdale will provide something for everyone. So we get men, we get women, we get old, we get young, we get, you know, mothers and daughters coming, we get friends coming, we get a lot of people coming on their own, um, you know, because it's a very safe space to come to. Um, and yeah, I think there's just a lot to do. So whether you're into lots of pampering treatments, or you actually just want to exercise and do all of the, you know, Pilates and yoga and aquasize, or maybe you just want to listen to all the informative talks that happen. Um, I think, you know, there's enough sort of going on that will keep everyone, you know, nice and busy. Um, and, of course, then there's also a lot to do in the area. So, you know, people aren't – they don't just have to stay here. Like you said, there's a lot of myths around health, health hydros. We don't lock the gates. So, you know, there's a lot to explore. The Midlands meander is so famous. Um, and then, of course, we get a lot of people that come and then they might go spend their morning doing a round of golf um, and then coming back for treatments in the afternoon or whatever it is. So, um, yeah, I think I think it suits, it suits re- a lot lot of different personalities. I, I was quite surprised. I got into co- conversation with a lady who had saying that obviously she didn't share the details, but she was there, a, tra- a trauma-related, a trauma-related, yeah. um, just to come and sort of heal and get away yes. from the trauma. No, for sure, for sure. I think, and that's, I think that's been the most, the most wonderful thing for us is that Brookdale really does provide the sanctuary. So whether you are, whether maybe you've lost someone special in your life and you're grieving or, you know, you're maybe recovering from an illness or whatever it is you're going through in your life, even if it is just literally recovering from the stress of COVID or lockdowns or the riots or whatever it is, um, I think Brookdale just provides that space for you to come and heal and be looked after. I think, you know, that's what we love doing. <laughs> you know, we just want to look after you and we want to pamper you and we want to give everyone lots of TLC. Um, we're a company with, you know, with a lot of empathy. Um, so it, it brings us a lot of joy, you know, that we get to take care of people and then, and also see how their lives can be changed for the better. And it doesn't take long, you know, um, whether you're here for three nights or six nights or two weeks. Um, it, it is, it's amazing to see. Yeah. That, that, and, that healing and, and that calm can take place. And, and, and let's just talk about the food because normally you say spa, almost spa. Concomitant with the word spa, you think starvation or whatever. Just tell us about your, I mean, the food, I I will say the food is wonderful, but just, just tell us perhaps uh, about some of the food and your lovely chef. 
Yes, for sure. So yeah, so we don't we don't starve anybody. Um, so we follow. It's called the NutriFit Lifestyle Management Program. It's it's a program that's very much based on science. We don't follow any fads. So we 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 believe in healthy, hearty, wholesome food. You know that's made with a lot of love. So we serve three beautiful meals a day, as well as snacks. So no one goes hungry. Um, of course it is it is calorie controlled for men and women, and that's sort of done under the guidance of, of our dietitians. Um, but you get delicious hearty breakfast, you know, mm. scrambled eggs on our famous yogurt bread with mushrooms and tomatoes, or, you know, we serve um, chicken or fish at lunchtime. So that can be like, you know, delicious local trout or maybe a hearty chicken laksa or whatever it is. And then in the evenings, we do a lighter vegetarian meal with a dessert. So no, there's definitely no starvation. <laughs> um, and it really is yummy. Yeah, good, and, good and, food. And Tamara, I know it's hard to generalize, but is there mm. a favorite thing for people? Is there one thing they all sort of gravitate to? I know it's hard to generalize because you've made the point that people come to Brookdale for very different reasons. But is, is yeah. there a kind of favorite thing to do? Ah. Uh. Um, I think, you know, I would have to say people probably love the treatments. Yes. And just because I think there's so much value in human touch. You know, I think that's really important these days. Um, so I would say, yeah, it's probably the treatments because they are so pampering and, and I think it's just so spoiling, you know, to have a lovely massage or a, or a lovely facial. Um, but then at the same time, I think it's just lovely to, be in a space where you can sort of cuddle up on a couch and read your book or do a puzzle or sit in, you know, color in the coloring book. Or I think it's lovely that there's no one telling you what to do <laughs> at every minute of the day, you know, sort of it's, it's yours to play with. So, um, yeah, I think, and, and but probably the treatments. <laughs> yes. One, one of my friends who came with me, I said to her before we came, she said, what shall I pack? I said, pack very little because she'll be in your gown most <laughs> of the time. And she said, in, yeah. in my gown. And of course you are because you're, you want yeah. to be relaxed. And if you've, if you've, been doing something or you've been doing exercise or just sitting reading your book there's no no point in sort of totting yourself uh up as it were it is so so uh relaxed relaxed exactly (laughs) how, how tomorrow i mean you have told us in a way but how would you say you differ from most spas what mm. what's your sort so, of biggest difference is? I think I think for us, you know, there's a lot of hotels with spas that are attached. Whereas, you know, I think at the moment there's only like four health hydros in South Africa. So a health hydro is different in that it's it's sort of all inclusive um and it's like a like it's a one stop shop in the sense that we focusing on it creating a healthier lifestyle. So while a spa, maybe the treatments are your crowning glory, at a health hydro, we want to focus on, on a number of things that sort of equip you to go home and 
hopefully the tools that you've sort of learned at Brookdale, you'll be able to carry forward and that living a healthier lifestyle is not the scary, daunting thing. You know, you can take home exactly what you were doing at Brookdale and actually carry it on. So there's some like longevity to, to your lifestyle. Um, so, so we always say there's, there's sort of three things we focus on at Brookdale. So, the one is um, stress relief, so hoping, helping you de-stress. So treatments form a small part of that, um, and then, but so do so do all the other relaxing sort of areas we have. And then we focus on healthy eating and mindful exercise. So you know, so if you can sort of move your bodies more and eat lots of good wholesome food, and then also manage your stress better, you will be able to take on the world, you know, in a, in a calmer and more balanced, a balanced way. Um, so yeah, so it's, it's very, and we want it to feel like home, you know, we yes. want people to arrive and feel like, you know, I can wear my gown or I could wear my pajamas or I could just, you know, go around in my tracksuit and I don't have to wear makeup. And if my hair isn't perfect, it's okay. Um, we want you to be able to, you know, to truly relax. Um, I think that's so important these days. And the guys that come just the same coming for stress relief, just getting away from it all. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, sometimes I think guys are put off, you know, their wives drag them here, you know, begrudgingly, but they, but they almost end up enjoying it more. <laughs> um, and they, they just love it. Um, and I think they also love, you know, if they've never had a massage before and they absolutely love it. Um, and yeah, I think there's, like you said, there's benefit. Everyone can find benefit in it, whether you are a man or a woman. It was what I noticed was so, so nice. There were, Two or three people who were obviously on their own this past week when I was there for the three nights. In no time at all, they were chatting because you talk to everybody because you're, yeah. you know, you're in the same naked in inverted commas state. You're there yeah. to de-stress. You're there to whatever. So everybody's in the same mm -hmm. boat. Nobody's trying to show off your, and, and the yeah. friendships that have been formed are remarkable too. Yes, that's so true, Kate. I mean, we've got so many people that come on their own and are always quite nervous, you know, if they've never been before because they're like, oh, I'm on my own. And like you said, they just make the bestest of friends. And it's so sweet. Often they, because they've made such good friends, they all book, you know, for the exact same time the following year so they can make sure that they're all back here together. Um, and I think it's because, like you say, they like minded, you know, yes. everyone's got the same intention. So. And, and I do yeah, know you well. have, I mean, I'm a repeat guest, as I, as I say. I've been coming not all that often, maybe half a dozen times over uh, 20 years or so. But you do, you, you have a lot of repeat guests, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Our return rate um, currently is 70%. Oh, my word. So, yeah, so once people come once, they just keep coming back um, and they make it, it's, you know, it's a proper investment into your health. So they, they come once or twice a year um, and they just need, you know, that Brookdale top up <laughs> to keep them going. Um, um, so. what, what was nice too, I fell in with three lovely English ladies who had been doing a whole tour round South Africa and they'd just come as a kind of cherry on top at the end of their tour to 
to rest and relax and think about the lovely things they've been doing. And and I was so thrilled to hear them say, uh, one of them was uh, about to go and talk to uh, her grandchildren, and I said, please tell them that South Africa isn't all the bad things you read about, in this case, in the British press. Mm -hmm. She said, oh, my word, we're coming back. We're coming back to South Africa. We're coming back to Brookdale. We want, when we can afford it, to bring the kids uh, to South Africa to do some uh, trips too. So you become ambassadors too. No, definitely, definitely. And I think, you know, there's enough negativity and bad press happening, you know, at the best of times. So we really, we really do try to provide, you know, a safe space where people can come and get away from all that noise and negativity. And, um, you know, even while they're here, we sort of say, switch off your phones, you know, actually don't read the news. <laughs> and, um, and then all the talks that we do as well, I think you're always just trying to, while being realistic, still just inspire that positivity. And there's so, so much good and so much um, happiness and yeah, potential that South Africa has. So, yeah, I think if, if every little company in South Africa can help, you know, spread that word, it's going to be And, gonna and be people I know, us. business people in particular, are going to say, oh, what about Wi-Fi? And whatever. I know you discourage us all using our phones, but there is space and there are, there, there are amenities if people really do it. One of my friends had uh, a very, very urgent business matter that came up while we were at Brookdale and she was able to go off to a little room on her own and sort it out. Yes, no, exactly. So, yeah, we just, we don't have Wi-Fi in the actual bedrooms, but there's lots, you know, there's Wi-Fi hotspots dotted around the hydro and we've got private working spaces. So a lot of people actually come and work here, you know, and, and they just like the space, you know, yes. to be able to work in the Midlands. And so, just, no, our Wi-Fi connection's great. And Tamara, just finally, just talk us through your beautiful, beautiful gardens because the rooms are built around courtyards full of flowers. Talk us through the gardens. Yes. So, yeah, the gardens are done with a lot of love and we have an amazing, amazing gardening team. And my parents are very much involved still with um, with helping with the gardens. They're very, very good at it. So, yeah, it's just, um, you know, very sort of English country garden with a lot of sort of indigenous um, mixed in. Um, but just beautiful, beautiful trees, you know, silver birches and oak trees. And then, yeah, just just beautiful, the sort of the the bushes and plants we've brought in are mostly plants that are loved by sort of the butterflies and bees. Um, so yeah, it really, it, and it really is just helps, helps with that sort of inspiring, that love of nature and that in nature can be so healing. Um, so our gardens really are our pride and joy, um, that we love, love to keep looking amazing. Oh, well, thanks, Tamara. Thanks so much for, uh, talking to us. Just give us the website, Tamara. Sure, it's www.brookdale.co.za, um, but otherwise, yeah, just type in Brookdale Health Hydro and you'll find us on Google. Okay, thank you. Thanks, uh, thanks, tomorrow. So, if thanks you're needing, everybody. if you're needing to distress, if you want to lose, I mean, I just went to relax and that's all I did. I came home, jumped on the scale this morning, and actually had lost two. 2Ks, even the KGs, even though I've been eating 
uh, such good food. And, of course, the Natal Midlands are very, very special, very beautiful. As we drove up, we just said, how marvelous is South Africa? You've got mountains, you've got beaches, you've got forests, you've got, you've got the bush. There are very few countries in the world that have such a diversity of glorious, glorious scenery as South Africa. From the highest mountains to the bluest seas, the driest deserts to the icy poles, Kate Turkington has traveled there. And now she's inviting you to travel with her through your radio. Travels with Kate, Sundays at 12 midday, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM. This is the part of the program where we talk books. And I have a very Catholic, eclectic taste. Catholic used in the proper sense of the word, totally universal about anything. So, as you know, we've done crime, we've done non-fiction, we've done fiction. We even did some Mills and Boone type stuff with uh, Book Talk. Remember, we didn't interview some of you who will have heard. If you go into TikTok, don't ever dismiss TikTok. Businesses run with TikTok uh, now. Go on to TikTok free, just go to the app and go to Book Talk on TikTok, and you'll get the whole romance genre. The what used to be Mills and Boone is closed now, but w- what we used to call the Mills and Boone's titles. So, if you were really looking for escapism and romantic novels, changed a bit. They're more tiny bit more graphic now, but they always have a happy ending. So, always good to to read too. Uh, to lift your spirits. It's like when my grandchildren are watching, if they're watching television, I might go, I might go to the house and I say to them, are you watching rubbish? And they'd say, yes, granny, but we know it's rubbish. So I say, that's okay. As long as you know it's rubbish, I don't have a problem. But I'm going to talk now about the acclaimed multi-million copy bestseller. You may well have heard the titles. It's called This is going to hurt. Subtitle, Secret Diaries of a Young Doctor by Adam Kay. This is going to hurt. It's now become, I'll tell you about that in a moment, a very, very successful award-winning TV series. So it's it. what's it about? If you've even read some of the reviews, heartbreaking, funny, I laughed till... <laughs> I died or nearly didn't. It, it's the story of a young doctor in the National Health uh, in England, in the UK. And he says on the back of the book, welcome to 97 hour weeks. This is what these young doctors go into. And our own young doctors in South Africa too, where often they don't even have a bed for the doctors. They have to sit in a chair or doze off. Or if they're in a hospital that's not too crowded, sometimes the nurses will let them have a bed to rest on. If you're listening and you're in the medical profession, you know exactly what you went through as a young doctor, and it's still happening now. And although I find it hard to condone 
doctors going on strike. Now, when I read the national health doctors in young doctors in the UK going on strike, I do at least understand their point of view. So the book goes from really blisteringly funny to quite sad and tragic too. So Adam Kay says, welcome to 97 Our Weeks. Welcome to life and death decisions. Welcome to a constant tsunami of bodily fluids. Welcome to earning less than the hospital parking meter. Wave goodbye to your friends and relationships. Welcome to the life of a first-year doctor. And what Adam Kay did, he scribbled in secret after endless days and sleepless nights, missed weekends and everything else, Comedian and former doctor Adam Kay, this is going to hurt, it's called, he writes an absolutely no-holds-barred account, no-holds-barred, let me put that, I can't read my own writing, no-holds-barred account of his time on the front lines of medicine. It's hilarious, it's horrifying, it's heartbreaking. It's everything you wanted to know, and certainly more than a few things you didn't want to know about life on the hospital ward. By the time he finished, I think he did about 10 years finally, he had delivered 12,000 babies. He he was in obs and gynae. He was an obstetrician and a guy an ecologist. He gave it all up finally, and he's now a comedian. And when you read the book, you'll, you'll laugh out loud at a lot of it. But he's also an award-winning writer for television, still lives in England. This is Going to Hurt by Adam Kay. So the book is just broken into little gobbets of information. So... um Monday, October the 9th, 2006. Yeah, I don't think I can read that picture on <laughs> air. Um, let's go to Tuesday, October the 10th, 2006. I missed what the argument was about, but a woman storms out of gynae, outpatient clinic, screaming at the nurse, I pay your salary, I pay your salary, and the nurse yells back, can I have a raise then? Can I have a raise then? So as I say, it's broken into, okay, Thursday, January the 26th. I'm just quickly reading it in advance because some of it is, is, is probably not readable on air. Okay, Thursday, January 26th, 2006. And this, these are his notes. Moral maze. On ward rounds, one of the nurses is talking to a very well-spoken woman in her 30s. Basically, he writes, a younger, posher version of the Queen. She's ready to go home after an emergency admission a few years ago with ovarian torsion. He obviously doesn't call the patients by their real names, and he does give you a note at the bottom of the page what an ovarian torsion is, which I won't go into here. He books her for follow-up in the clinic in six weeks and tells her not to drive for three weeks. Oh, for heaven's sake, she says to the nurse, the, the car's in the car park here. Why don't you just drive it till I see you 
in the clinic. And the nurse is about to say, no, that's insane, until the patient, she complicates matters by pulling a set of Bentley keys from a handbag. Then he writes, anyway, the nurse, he gives her name, currently drives a Bentley Continental GT. So it's his career, the, the patients he saves, some he wasn't able to save. It's the complexities. It's the, as I say, you will laugh, laugh, laugh. You will hold your sides laughing and you will also probably cry a bit too. And it's been made into a television series. I'm, I, I haven't had a chance to Google or chat GPT uh, where you can actually stream it. I suspect it's on one of the big streaming channels, BritBox, or I don't know if it's on Netflix. You can find that out for yourself. Just Google the TV series. This is going to hurt. And the guy, the actor playing uh, Adam Kay, the doctor, is Ben Wishaw. Now, you may or may not have heard of Ben Wishaw, but you most certainly will know his voice. Why? Because he's the voice of Paddington Bear. And you remember the late Queen's um, anniversary jubilee, whatever it was, and they show her taking tea with uh, Paddington Bear at Buckingham Palace, and he's telling her about marmalade sandwiches, and the Queen pulls a marmalade sandwich, just for real, out of her handbag and says, I always keep a marmalade sandwich in my handbag just in case. So Ben Wishaw, the actor in the TV series, is the voice of Paddington Bear. He's made quite a few uh, movies as well, and I'm just trying to think, yes, if you're a fan of the James Bond movies, he plays Q. Remember Q? Q's the one who gives James Bond all his gadgets, the car that shoots missiles and whatever. In the old days, it used to be played, I can't remember the actor, a grey-haired guy with specs, but now it's played by this young, he's actually very good-looking, Ben Wishaw. Uh, he's played by... Q is played by Ben Wishaw, very nerdy type. He's got glasses, and he's the one now who's doing all the digital stuff and giving James Bond, or the old James Bond, Daniel Craig, who's gone now. They haven't yet cast the new one, giving James Bond all the gadgets. So you've got to read the book. You will love it. You will laugh. You will cry. This is going to hurt Secret Diaries of a Young Doctor by Adam Kay. It's published by Mariner, but you'll find it in most bookshops now because it is a multi-million copy bestseller. And I just love the idea of this young doctor earning, as he says, less than the bus driver, the bus he takes to the hospitals in the morning. He earns less as a young doctor than the bus driver. He's now a multi-million uh, copy best-selling author. This is going to hurt The Secret Diaries of a Young Doctor by Adam Kay. You will love it. That's all for this week. I'll be back next week. Travel safely. I always say lots of love, lots of life. Travel safely. Look after yourselves and especially look after others too.